Hi, this is Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, telling you to stay tuned to WNJC 1360 AM for Thursday in the Doghouse. Coming right up. Mama wasn't but Daddy was one too. Me, I'm a little bit of everything. Everything that I use. One day I'm walking down my Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Thursday in the Doghouse. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. If you've become a regular listener to my show, then you already know our main subject each week is dogs. We're here every Thursday from 10 to 10.30, right here on WNJC 1360 AM. During my show, I talk with other professionals in this field, including veterinarians, nutrition specialists, other trainers and behavior consultants, as well as people who work very hard helping shelter and rescue dogs find their forever homes. If you've missed any of my programs, you can always listen to them by going directly to my website, www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Click on the page marked Rini's Radio Show, and you'll see a list of podcasts showing the topics of conversation for each week. Just click on any one of them, and you can hear that show in its entirety. My guest today is Joan Hunter Mayer, a former registered nurse, now a certified professional dog trainer in the Ventura, Santa Barbara, California area, and is the owner of the Inquisitive Canine. Joan's area of specialty is the family dog, and she works with many dogs that have been adopted from shelters. Joan also developed a game for families to play with their adopted dogs, and it's called Out-of-the-Box Dog Training Game. Joan and I will be talking about the adopted dog today and the issues that may come up once the dog is in the home. I know many are adopting dogs from shelters and rescues these days, so I sincerely hope you'll stay tuned to hear this entire show. Before we talk to Joan, please let me tell you what services I offer here in the South Jersey area as a professional dog trainer and certified behavior consultant. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338 We're on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. 
Good morning, Joan. Thanks so much for joining us here in the doghouse today. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I'm really happy to hear that you you work a lot with with families uh, after they've adopted a dog. And I have a question for you. I in my area, what I'm seeing is a lot of do- a lot of people are now rescuing dogs from shelters. And um, they're purchasing uh, a lot fewer puppies. Do you find that that's what's happening in California? Um, well, the people that call me, yeah, they're usually, I, I get a mix, actually. It's either adopting older dogs from the shelter or adult dogs, actually some puppies as well. Okay. And then um, the people uh, buying puppies from breeders. Okay. So I get both. Yeah. But I think that, I think that uh, rescue dogs are, are a lot more popular, which is nice across the country so I think it's happening more and more number one because of the economy you know it's a lot cheaper to get a dog out of a shelter the fees are much much cheaper um, than purchasing a puppy from a breeder where they might be spending uh, you know up up to almost a thousand dollars for the dog versus maybe spending two or three hundred dollars to take a dog out of a shelter um, so in this area you know the the amount of puppies that I've been seeing in the last six months is very very few so there's advantages and disadvantages to that and um, so so maybe we can discuss uh, the behaviors that some of these adopted dogs uh, will develop in in a period of time once they get acclimated to their new environment. So let's start with when the uh, potential adopter goes to the to the shelter. Do you feel that they should be asking some specific questions of the shelter about the dog that they might be considering to adopt? Um, yeah, I think that. Well, and I think that the shelter should also be, you know take some responsibility and, and learn a little bit more about the dog and kind of be able to match up to adopters when they come in. Right. Right? So um, I think that that the person's lifestyle is very important. Okay. Right? So they have to understand, are they active? Are they not active? Or do they have a big family? Do they, are they by themselves? Do they go to work and is the dog left alone for 12 hours a day? Mm-hmm. Or are they able to spend a lot of time with the dog? Um, you know, how do they see themselves spending spending time mm-hmm. with, with the dog? Mm-hmm. Um, what type of intake questionnaire do you think shelters should be uh, um, asking? What type of questions should shelters be asking the, either the people that are surrendering the dog or, you know, any information at all that they can get from uh, whoever knows the dog uh, before they, um, you know, uh, even introduce them to an adopter? Well, I I think, well, the big question is why do they want a dog? Mm-hmm. You know, some people get it because they think it's cute or the kids want one. Right. Right. And then they don't realize this is, you know, I mean, I look at adopting any animal, it's, it's a long-term relationship. It's like a marriage. Right. It's not like a piece of furniture that they can trade in when they decide it doesn't look right with the house. Uh, right? That happens, too. Right, and it does. And Or, gee, I didn't realize I was going to have to move in a year, and now I can't have a dog, so I'm going to turn it back. You know, I'm going to dump oh. it at the shelter. They'll take care of it because right. none of my friends want it. Right. Right. So, you know, why do they want a dog? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I've, I've gotten calls from people, from senior citizens saying, my children thought I'd be good to, for me to have a dog because I'm alone now, I'm a widow now, mm. and they got me a puppy. Mm. And these people are looking at me like, <laughs> like what just what happened here? 
Right. Exactly. So, you know, why do they want a dog? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, you know, and, and these are questions either the shelter can use on the intake form or, or adopters can ask themselves, right, to decide which type of pet would be best for them. Mm-hmm. So things like, is it the best time in their life to have a pet? Mm-hmm. Are they going through a stressful situation? You know, did they just lose a spouse? Did they just break up with somebody? Did somebody just pass away? Did, you know, um, did all the kids just move out of the house? You know, why is it, are they too emotional to be making rational decisions, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so do you think um, that they should be asking specific questions um, about that dog's history? Oh, totally. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but see, the thing with, I mean, as you know, with the shelter dogs, we, sometimes we don't know the history, mm-hmm. right? We don't know the history. They, they get, you know, I mean, we, it's hearsay from people that are dropping them off, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. or they get lost in the shuffle and some people don't even know why. Do you ever see the intake forms from shelters to uh, give an opinion as to whether they're thorough or not? Um, no, not down here. When I was in San Francisco at the SPCA, when I was doing my schooling up there, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had great intake forms, and they did. You know, they had a very low return rate because they made they matched up their dogs really, really well. Right, right. And that's the thing; it's like they took the time to match the dogs up, mm-hmm. and they just um, they were careful about who they adopted out. Mm-hmm. You know, you, which dogs you, they adopted out to which family. Right. Do you feel that sometimes, uh, even with re- in rescue organizations, that they may be, people may be a little too anxious to get the dogs adopted and not careful enough to be making these good matches, leaving it up to the adopter to, to be attracted to a dog and maybe not for the right reasons? I've seen it both ways. Okay. Um, I've seen it. Yeah, and out here I actually see it the opposite, mm-hmm. that um, there's so many guidelines that the dogs, I mean, I've had friends and clients who have contacted shelters, and I know what kind of lifestyle they live, mm-hmm. and that any dog would be fortunate to be in their home, and mm-hmm. they got turned down. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So they can go from one extreme to another. Exactly. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think it's a little bit of hoarding some of the some of the private rescues. Right. I, I mean, I've in he, back here. I mean, I I have heard of people who wanted to adopt a dog and were turned down because they didn't have a fence. And while a fence can be a very important um, item to have in the home with with any dog, I don't know whether I would turn somebody down just because they didn't have a fence if they seemed like a responsible uh, responsible people who know to take the dog for a walk on a leash and they're not leaving their dog, you know, run around the neighborhood. It doesn't mean just because they have a fence that they can't take care of a dog. Um, so it, it does get frustrating sometimes when um, we see we see, we hear situations like that because the dog may lose out on getting a home. Um, so so you're right; it can go from one extreme to the other. So how about when shelter staff does give advice to the potential adopter, stating that oh, I think this dog would be wonderful with you? Um, can we trust that shelter staff are knowledgeable about what makes a good match? Well, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, it depends upon, I guess, the shelter and then, you know, and the, and the staff and their, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough question. It really just, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people adopting really need to have a clear guideline of what to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and what to look for. Right. You know, I mean, so, I mean, if you've been around shelter dogs, you know, some are more reserved than others. Some mm-hmm. are, you know. We'll go right up to people and say hello right away and, mm-hmm. you know, jumping all over them because they're happy and want to say hello, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Others 
just want to cower in the corner. Well, here's a, here's um, a, a, them, though, I've seen they do want to get out. <laughs> right. Um, here's a situation that I've encountered recently, and unfortunately it's not the first time. Um, I had a family who went to the shelter, and they took their own dog. They took their dog, uh, their resident dog, to the shelter to see if that dog would um, get along with the dog that they were thinking about adopting, which is a very smart thing to do. Oh, yeah. And some, res- some shelters require that, which is also a very good thing to do. But here's what happened, and here's what was so um, distressing to me, is that their dog, totally ignored the the dog at the shelter and at one point uh, clearly indicated that he he, uh, was not happy with the dog. And so the shelter volunteer told them that not to worry about it, that everything would be fine, just let them work it out, and um, they felt that the dog would be a good potential, a good uh, candidate for them to adopt. So they they adopted the dog, and um, within a few days there were altercations going on between these two dogs. So this is... This is, this, you know, a situation that makes me want to just scream because I don't, you know, the dog was clearly indicating he was not comfortable with the, with the dogs that they were going to adopt. And so taking the dog with them was clearly a waste of time. Right. What I probably would have suggested they do is, I mean, I don't know what the interaction was like if they just stood around and expected the dogs to hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. I probably would have maybe everybody take the dogs for a walk so right. the volunteer goes with one dog, or mm-hmm. the, you know, and the two owners go with their dog. Their dog, mm-hmm. and maybe they both walk the dogs together, see how, mm-hmm. see if they maybe um, would, would spark any interest between each other, mm-hmm. and then actually come back a few times, yes. see if it improved or not. That's a great idea, and that's, now, that was so going to be my next question. To develop a friendship, right? And you so, know, and then because you can certainly train them through classical conditioning to enjoy love being around each other, mm-hmm. right? Right, but, but that's a project. a bad experience, you know, if the introduction came about where maybe one snarked at the other because they got in their face too long, mm-hmm. then that just set them up for, you know, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, I don't want to say failure, but it didn't set them out on the right foot or paw, so to speak. If, if we have a family who is uh, looking at a dog and they're interested in it, how many times or how much time would you suggest that that family spend with that dog uh, before they make a decision? Should this be an impulsive thing or should they come back a couple of times? Um, I think if there's any doubt that they should come back a couple of times. If they think that they're um, too emotional, I mean, you know, then then they should come back a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, they should also see if the shelter will allow them maybe to take the dog out somewhere, um, you know, take it for a walk, take it, you know, take maybe on a little field trip to see how they how the dog does out in a public place away from the shelter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shelter is always a very stressful environment, right? Right, exactly. And so some of the true feelings, some of the true behavior traits don't really come out, mm-hmm. especially when they get the dog home. You know, the honeymoon period can last anywhere from a week to six months, right? Correct. So, Absolutely. And that's important information. It it's is. Very it's important, so important information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always get calls. I'm sure you do, too. I just adopted a dog and fill in the blank, right? Yeah. And and they have all these, you know, I don't know if the dog, the dog doesn't bark, the dog doesn't eat, the dog, you know, or the, or it's completely opposite. The dog is stressed. I mean, the dog... Um, which is not opposite. So, or, uh, I mean, there's all these all these complaints, and I'm like, how long have you had the dog? Well, I just adopted it yesterday. It's like, okay, you know, <laughs> reward every behavior you like. <laughs> Call me in a week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. I, it, it is odd. I mean, my own little rescue dog, we didn't hear him bark for nine months. And really? he's part corgi, honest to God, nine months, and now he has a little routine. He does all of his barking in the morning. He gets it all out of his system, and we don't hear a hide or hair of him the rest of the day. That is so funny. Isn't he's it? a morning athlete. He likes to get his workout in. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, and he's a corgi mix, so you would think that he would have been barking earlier than right. that, especially since we have horses. So I don't know why he it took him so long, but... Um, and and with that dog, I met him three times before I took him home. I took him for walks around the building there, and I saw, you know, he was a very quiet dog, and I really liked what I saw, and then I made up my mind, and I took him out. So you do, you really do want to meet the dog and interact with the dog and definitely not make an impulsive decision. Um, right. So I have a question, too, uh, about a theory that I have. You know, we talk about periods of socialization when we talk about puppies and we talk about Adolescents also uh, making sure to socialize them. But my theory is when you adopt a dog that there's that another period of socialization that occurs within the first two or three days and sometimes less than three days um, where that dog needs to meet just about everybody he's going to be seeing on a regular basis for that dog to feel comfortable with them and accept them. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but I'm saying that it to me it happens often enough that you're kind of in a very short window again of socialization how do you feel about that? I'm sorry. So for socialization for adopted dogs? Yes, like, a, like an additional period of socialization that needs to be, the dog needs to be exposed to familiar family members that are going to be in, in and out of that home on a regular basis so that that dog can feel comfortable and accept those people um, before the, the second or third day. Oh, yeah. You agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I do, too. I, I, I see that a lot. And one of the things that I was going to talk to you about is when people go to the shelter to adopt a dog, and let's say one of the family members is missing that day. The husband is out at work, and everybody goes and sees the dog, and they bring the dog home, and the husband comes home that night, and it's like all hell breaks loose right. because the dog doesn't know who that is and already sees him as a possible intruder. Right, that's definitely important. But then, you, you know, I mean, what was the history of the dog? This is where those questions that you were mentioning earlier about when people go to the to the shelter and adopt. Mm-hmm. You know, does a dog is a dog fearful of men, of strangers, of tall people with you know, of the hats, the hats and beards situation, the deep voice, all that. Mm-hmm. You know, is the dog it shows any sign of fear or right. anxiety around certain types of people? Correct. Kids, too, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. The kids should be there. Um, You know, and any discomfort around children, I would certainly not not even think twice uh, that I would not take that dog home if he had any fear issues or, were, you know, clearly showed that at the shelter. Right. Right. So it's important to ask, you know, and and that's where one of those taking the dog for a walk out in public, Mm -hmm. that you can kind of see how he or she reacts towards different environmental, you know, the triggers, you know, do they... Right, sure. So uh, I know from personal experience, and I'm sure you do too, but uh, about some of the problematic behaviors that we do start seeing from shelter dogs um, within that honeymoon period of, let's say, between a week and six months. Can you give us a a little bit of a background on what typical problematic behaviors may come up um, with, with dogs that are adopted? 
Well, I guess what I've seen, and I'm sure you have too, is, you know, at first, you know, maybe uh, they're a little bit more reserved. Okay. Right. Um, so I guess it's kind of like it, when you and I maybe go get a new job somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our true personalities don't mm-hmm. come out for a while. Right. <laughs> so we start to feel more comfortable and relaxed in the home. Sure. So, um, you know, uh Maybe they're not eating as much. There, um, uh, there may be signs of isolation, distress. A little so, bit more. They don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Also known, I guess. The, I don't like to use the term separation anxiety, but isolation, distress. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, they might be pacing. They might be whining, or they might be barking a little bit more if it's mm-hmm. a new place for them. Mm-hmm. But some, that often, after a few weeks, they get comfortable and they realize that's their home, and they become more relaxed. Okay. And, and, um, what about territorial behavior? Can you, do you see that develop sometimes? Yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, the territorial barking and just, uh, and, you know, that has to do with, yes, them becoming more comfortable in the home as well as taking dogs for walks in neighborhoods and they start barking everywhere, which is normal, mm-hmm. you know. So right, right. Their neighborhood starts to become their neighborhood. Um, and don't you think because they may have, you know, either been astray or they were surrendered, their their security levels are low, and so once they become acclimated, they become they feel like more protective of this property and this family than, let's say, a more secure dog would, and so that that territorial behavior gets a bit stronger. You know, when somebody walks by their home or they see another dog walk near their property, we get a little bit more reactive behavior than we would have had the dog felt more secure, you know, in its past life. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know what the correlation between dogs that are adopted from shelters and dogs that weren't. Mm-hmm. No, so, I mean, I've seen it both ways. All right. Um, okay. But definitely that's one that can come out because, you know, yeah, they start to become more comfortable mm-hmm. in their own environment. Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, dogs that weren't um, as social become a lot more social because they're meeting different people and, and it's in a, in a healthy, happy environment, mm-hmm. hopefully. Do you get people? Do you get you get people who call you about dogs that are a year old or um, eight months old that tell you I need to I, my dog needs socialization and I I have to get him out because he didn't it doesn't seem like he was socialized before. What kind of explanation do you give people when they say they want to socialize their dog at that age? Oh well, I would. It's almost similar to to puppies, except you know, you, you know, you don't. Uh, in the sense that, you know, you reward the behaviors you like, you um, you teach them how to greet politely, you ask, you know, you make efforts to go out and and introduce the dog in a safe, happy way mm-hmm. so he or she feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and so everything around them predicts good things, mm-hmm. or at least everything that you, the owners want them to like. Right. You know, so, and you never force an animal to like someone or something. Do you find that dogs that are um, six months or older will accept uh, people, places, and things as quickly as a puppy would? No, no, right. Not. I mean, yes and no. They're a little. I mean, they're a little. Usually, a little bit more guarded as opposed to you know, fifteen-week-old puppy that wants to go up and say hello to everybody. Uh huh. Right. I right. mean, and I. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen very shy puppies as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
survival. You know, it's a it's a good instinct to have. Mm-hmm. But um, but the older dogs, yeah. I mean, sometimes if they've had bad experiences mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. then they might be a little bit untrusting, and so you, that you have to um, be a little more cautious in your training plan. Mm-hmm. So if your dog shows a little bit shyness around certain types of people, mm-hmm. let's say that's, that's again, let's go back to the tall men with hats and beards, then you wouldn't go and introduce your dog to 10 guys with hats and beards. Right. I, I wouldn't walk onto a construction site mm-hmm. first. <laughs> really? I'd kind really? of ease up to that. You right. know, I'd work up to that. Right. Okay. Um, also, um, let me see. You you developed a game, and I want to talk a little bit about this game. I think that's so clever of you. Uh, you developed a game specifically for people who have adopted dogs. Is that correct? I I developed this game for anyone who has a dog. Okay, so it's or for anybody. anyone who knows who has a dog because it makes a great passive aggressive gift for those friends who don't <laughs> want to take the time to train their dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. And so, what's the game about? And how did you get that marketed? Oh well, it's and still marketing it. All right. <laughs> um, it it's a okay. So I took. A training, my training philosophy, my training classes, basically, and I put it into a very simple um, activity game. There's 56 activity cards, All right? Um, and an 18-page instruction booklet, and you 18 also get a little scorecard and a worksheet. Okay. Um, and the amount of players is at least one dog and one human. You can have more dogs and more humans if you'd like. So the humans play the dog, though. Well, what you do is it's activity cards. So you pick a card, you do what's on, you do the lesson that's on the card, mm-hmm. and then you end up with a trained dog. Oh, really? So they're little bits, uh, snippets of of training activities, mm-hmm. and um, so it's not as overwhelming. You know, people. You know, I mean, I'm all about. I love education. Right. For you right. Me too. too. Right. Me that's too. why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And. So I look, people say, well, is a class better than a private or is a private better than a workshop? Or It's like, I don't think all of them are great because mm-hmm. you learn different things in different contexts. And and plus, our dogs fortunately never argue about going to school <laughs> and they never argue about eating their vegetables. Okay. Right? That's funny. So, uh-huh. You'd be very thankful for that. Okay. So <laughs> it's, um, it makes training fun and less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So you can either use it in addition to classes you've had or it's a great way to. I had a uh, uh, organization called Parent Tested, Parent Approved uh, uh, review the game. All right. And they sent the game out to about ten different families for review, and all of them loved it. They really? Said, they like you know some had kids, some didn't, but they said with the people with the kids, they said it was a great way to get the kids involved with the dog. Right. 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 And it was a great. I mean, they. You know, we had all different kinds of dog owners, ones that have had dogs forever, ones that have never had a dog, and, mm-hmm. and they all really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are things like teach your dog to sit, stay in three different areas of the house. All right. Or today you're going to play hide-and-seek. Or mm-hmm. today you're going to clean out the dog's toy box. Whatever toys your dog doesn't play with anymore, you're either going to donate to a shelter or trade with a friend mm-hmm. or, you know, if they're really old and disgusting, toss them out. <laughs> okay. Right? Um, you know, today you're going to um, call a friend and ask your friend which behavior you want, they want you to train your dog. You know, like cool. I call yep, Renee and say, oh, okay, what do you want me to teach Poncho today? Right. Right. That's great. That's and then great I can idea. report to you what we did. 
Um, so it's different ways to get yourself motivated. And whether you pick one car, I, I, there are 56, so you can do one a week. Or you can do one a day. I see. Or you do one and then your roommate or spouse or, or children does the next day. Okay. So you're right? constantly interacting with the dog. Right. That's and terrific. And, and you, and you have these assignments to do. Right. But it's so... It's so less overwhelming as opposed to picking up a book and having to read the whole thing. And I mean, think books are great too. So right. some people, you know, like you and me, we would probably get a book, but mm-hmm. this would be fun to enhance. Mm-hmm. And this is know? good for people who don't have a whole lot of time for training. Um, you know, where they can do it, you know, once a day, or or they can do it once every other day. They have their choice that way um, on on to do that. So it's it, like you said, it's not overwhelming and there's no pressure. So, so this is called out of the box dog training game, and right. and is this available for purchase? Oh yeah. And where can they purchase it? They can get it on my website, which is www.inquisitivecanine.com. Okay. I n q u i s i t i v e c a n i n e. All one word. Uh huh. Dot com. You can also get it on Amazon. Oh, good. Yeah, and you can get it dog wise. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. And there's some brick and mortars around the country that have it. All right. That's um, great. And, you know, it comes in an app form, too. All right. So Joan, iTunes has it. Unfortunately, I have to uh, end our program. Okay. We have less than a minute to go. And I, I just thank you very much for coming on the radio and, and discussing your opinions and your ideas about these things. And maybe we can do this again sometime. I would love to. My pleasure. Thank you for thank having you me. Thank you very, very Bye. much. All you right. have a great day. You, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tune in again next week when we will continue with the subject of the adopted dog. Um, Only this time we'll get more involved with the behaviors that may develop, um, which is separation anxiety, territorial behavior, and we'll talk about how to easily uh, uh, adjust your dog, get him acclimated to your home. So I hope you have a wonderful week, and this is a beautiful day today. I hope you get your dogs out and take them for a nice long walk, and we'll talk to you again next week.